Ladies and gentlemen, can I get a microphone check? One, two, one, two. Welcome back to the program. This is your host with the most hopsy, baby boy. Quarterly program, as we always planned here, folks. It's Sunday. I'm 29 years old. And I'm broadcasting from my spare bedroom in my condo. It's July 30th, 2023. Apologies for a little bit of a hiatus. I still am a podcaster, first and foremost. When people ask me, what do I do? I tell them that I'm a broadcaster. And that I take it very seriously. It's just, um, it hasn't been right. You know, I feel like I kind of lose myself when I don't get that microphone in front of my yap, start running my lips and really connecting with my listeners which I know are vast and are quite honestly spanning all, all corners of the globe at this point. It's just, it's amazing what you can create online in terms of community, right? And, you know, the internet's been villainized for so many things, but our niche community here with the project, it's, um, there's something about it. It captures you. It makes you feel like you're part of something bigger than yourself and that's what honestly keeps me coming back to the microphone, and that's what keeps all of us coming back for more. You know what I'm saying? Love to make this a weekly show. I would love that if the people up in the big head offices would allow that to happen. It's more of a sponsorship thing at this point, but we're going to try to get some momentum here and, and carry this through. Summer's just scorching by. I think my last episode was May 17th. That feels like it was 37 minutes ago. Like I don't know what's going on. Especially with the weather has been really good, too good out in Western Canada. And everything's on fire. There has not been a lot of rain. Weather's obviously been good, though. Praying for all those people up there fighting these fires. It's been uh, the worst one I can remember in terms of um, smoke. Every several years, you know, out in Calgary, you will get a lot of smoke from the forest fires, but there's been nothing to compare to what's been going on this year. It's actually been crazy. The amount of days that I've been driving down, live up in Aspen and Calgary on the west side there, coming down like Bow Trail, and you can't even see the skyline of Calgary at all. Can't even see downtown. It's only a couple kilometers ahead of you. It's been uh, pretty hazy this summer. Um, All those people up there, the forest firefighters, we got bodies flying in from around the world. Praying for you all. I know a couple people have lost their lives this summer. It's scary up there. Can't imagine just the heat and just, you know, that's a hard that's a hard life. So we need those people up there because holy moly, she's been a scorcher this summer. She's been absolutely flying by. I've been traveling an absolute crazy amount, more than I ever have in my life. And I'm trying to get good at it. Trying to take it seriously. You know, you can just tell some people are just really good at traveling. They're really organized. They're just down pat. They travel light. And traveling light is something that, as a Canadian, if you're flying domestically, it doesn't matter. If you're flying with one of these airlines, notably just the two that are offered. You know, there's a couple smaller ones now that you can get some cheap flights and fly some places. But realistically, you're talking WestJet and Air Canada. And I don't know what's going on with either of them. Like it's it's to the point where it's an absolute joke, honestly. That these are our two options in Canada to fly. It's absolutely comical. I was um, <clears throat> middle of June. I went down to the states, a little bit of work training thing down there at one of the offices, and so I'm flying 
I had one connection and just even one connection with an Air Canada flight that's got to it gets some rumbling thoughts going in the back of your mind because you don't know where that bag is going to go. You have no idea where that bag is going to go, how it's going to get there, when it's going to get there. So I, I check in a bag, of course. Just going to the States. Wanted to make sure I had enough stuff. Probably didn't need to. Unnecessary. But I checked one in. And sure enough, I always travel with like a briefcase. And I get like one of those little rolly bags going. It's kind of my go-to. Usually I just try to go like the double carry-on, the personal item in the carry-on. That's usually all you need. But like I said, wanted to double up, get a couple extra things in there. You know, I'm down in the States. Maybe I'd buy myself something nice, you know? Maybe I'd treat myself, buy something. So I wanted some room. Anyway, so I checked the one bag in, get going. I think the connecting flight was through Montreal. Yeah, it was Montreal. And sure enough, we get to the gate. I don't know how they always do this. They always basically like overbook the flight. They're asking someone to take the flight later at night, hoping someone doesn't show up or something like that. So the flight's completely booked. There's no room for anything. So they're going around and they're asking to check in, like, if you would check in your carry-on that you don't need, you know what I mean? You don't need it with you on the flight. Would you check it in? I'm kind of like, God. Like, in my head, you shouldn't put that energy out there, but I assume the worst with these airlines now. I've had some bad luck. I think Air Canada lost my luggage like two or three times during my days in university where you're flying home for a, a single week and then you don't have anything for half the trip. Like it's, it, it's brutal. It's brutal. It's happened to me before. So I have this tendency to expect the worst when it comes to luggage arrival at the destination of your choosing. So they come up to me and they're like, hey, sir, would you be down to check this bag in? And I'm just like, ah, don't want to make a fuss. Let me guess. Sure. No problem. Check it in. They've got the bag tag on it. I say, see you later. So I got my briefcase with me and I'm just going, got, you know, got my laptop and stuff in there. A couple things, pack of gum, nothing, nothing crazy. Anyways, take off, have my flight, go through Montreal. I get to New Jersey where I'm flying to. And sure enough, I'm just sitting there, get down to the baggage terminal, the carousel. I'm watching it spin and slowly, I just notice every single person on my flight's gone. And there's like one piece of luggage and no one's waiting for it and it ain't mine. So I go into the baggage. I'm not, I'm, I'm not irritated at this point, but like I'm sure I don't look pleased. And the worst part was I was meeting a fella for work whom I never met in person, had only spoke to on Zoom calls and whatnot. He's waiting in the rental car outside already there. You know, he's already texting me, hey, I'm outside waiting by door three. Like, let me know when you grab your bag, come and grab you. We'll get on our way. And so I walk into this um, Air Canada office in this airport down in New Jersey. And the second I walk in the door, I'm just like, I don't know if I delivered it wrong. You can't deliver it wrong to these people because they just deal with so much crap at these airports. If you put out that bad energy early, you're not going to get the customer service that you so willingly desire, if you will. So I walk in there and I must have just, I, I, I didn't do something right because she can, she can read that I'm pissed. I'm stressed out. We had somewhere to be for like a dinner. Like I didn't want to be messing around in the airport. So I'm in there. I'm telling her, you guys lost my bags. And immediately she goes into, sir, I did not lose your bags. And I kind of like, she was like, this has nothing to do with me. And I, and I kind of just stopped to my tracks. And I just like, I looked at her and I'm like, no, I, I realized that you weren't up in the tarmac in Calgary, Alberta four hours ago, loading my bag onto this. But do you see that little logo over your heart and the company uniform you're wearing, Air Canada? Yeah, so this is slightly your issue right now to deal with. 
This is your position of work. You're in the baggage, the baggage claim office, whatever you call it. So she immediately is prefacing that sh this isn't her fault, <coughs> which I mean, I'm sure is pretty common sense that we understand that you did not lose the luggage, but let's find a solution here. So sure enough, there there's another flight. I think I landed at like 4 p.m. There's another flight landing at 6.30. And I'm assuming that's where my luggage is coming. But I had work stuff to do. I couldn't just wait there till 6.30 because Lord knows I probably should have if I was just there on like a trip. Probably would have been in my best interest. So I'm telling them like, okay, like I can't make that happen. Like I got a ride here. I got to leave. Like, so how does this work? Like, when can I get my bags? And they're like, okay, we'll, we'll send them tomorrow. I'm like, what do you mean you'll send them tomorrow? Like, they're landing at 6.30. And she's like, we have a third-party agency, and they only pick our bags up in the morning. I'm like, well, whoop de fucking do for the third-party agency. What about Johnny Jones here who just lost his luggage and is in one? They just have no nothing to tell me. I'm in there going back and forth for like 10 minutes. Like, well, what can I just, can you pop her in an Uber? Can you, can we, can I maybe come back for it? They're saying, yeah, maybe you could come back for it, but who knows if this office is going to be open. I'm like, what do you mean who knows if it's open? Don't you work here? When's it shut down? And they're just saying, I'm not sure if anyone's going to be here. I'm like, sir, when are you going to be here too? Anyways, it doesn't matter. I just get on with it. I'm on my own. Luckily, I, you know, some people dress for comfort on the, on the plane. I've been going business cash lately, so I got a nice pair of black jeans on, golf shirt. So anyways, it's not the end of the world tonight. I can make do with what I'm wearing. I'm wearing my stinky plane gitch though, which is, you know, never, honestly, never ideal. So I go on through the night, I'm at this dinner, and then I get a call from Air Canada. It's the number. And they tell me that the baggage has arrived. Bags are here. And again, I kind of plea. I'm like, hey, like, can we maybe get it in an Uber? You know, pop her over to the Hampton over here, over to the hotel. You know, what do you think about that? And he's just like, not possible. Just not, not what we can do. And I just kind of thought that was different. So anyways, I'm on the horn. What if I was leaving? Like, what if I was, what if I was flying there and like taking a ferry that night and like I'm just hooped? So I thought that was a weird policy. But luckily, I was staying in there for the whole week. So the next morning, I'm expecting that my stuff's going to be there nice, bright, and early. So I get I get a message from this third-party delivery agency. Can't remember what it was. They're telling me that the baggage is in my possession and that it has been going to be delivered in the morning. I'm like, okay, great. Wake up early. Had to be up early for breakfast. I get down to the front desk and I'm kind of like, okay, like, tell them the situation. Tell them the third-party agency. This company's messaged me telling me that it's been delivered to the Hampton. And then I'm down there waiting for it, looking for it, and no one at the front desk says they've seen a thing. And I'm very confused now because I'm being told it's there. It's not there. I'm still wearing the same gitch I've been wearing for over 24 hours now. It's the morning here. And I'm sitting there, and then I check my email, and I have a picture of the bag in its delivery place. And, I, and like, you know when you go to a hotel... Hotels kind of got the same pattern on the walls everywhere, the same carpets, kind of, you know, it's kind of the theme of the hotel. It's utilized throughout the entire thing. I can just see, it just looks like it's just thrown in the middle of the hallway and the buddy snaps a picture up and he's like, yep, it's at the Hampton. And I'm like, what in the sweet fuck's going on? So I go down there, they don't know what's going on. So now like I'm starting to lose my cool a bit. I'm starting to get visibly agitated. I'm like showing them the picture being like, where's the bag that's here? Like, this is my luggage. I'm sorry. I know this isn't your issue, but I'm a little frustrated. Right as I start getting kind of frustrated, who walks around the corner is one of the VPs for my work. 
And I can just see the look in his eyes. He's like shocked. He's like, oh. I'm like, oh, hey, how you doing? I'm like, still wearing the same clothes you saw me before. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to lie. They lost my luggage and I'm just kind of in one right now. I get a little, little frustrated. And he just gives me a little slap in the back and goes, well, good thing you dressed well. You look fine. So sure enough, can't get my bag. I got to go through another full day of work, meeting a bunch of people, first impressions, probably smell like an old shoe. And then finally I get back and it just turns out that the front desk ladies just didn't know where the bag was. So that was my story of 24 hours of absolute hardship. But it's not that bad. I've heard stories of people being on like week vacations and not having it the entire time when they're at their destination. But holy moly, man. There's just nothing that they can do. They don't even give you like a little voucher. Not even like a free croissant on your next flight home or something like that. Maybe free internet. 2023, we can't get Wi-Fi in a plane. Why can't we text in the air? Don't tell me the plane's going down. That's fucking bullshit. Show me the science on that. But it's it's honestly sad right now. This the state of our airline industry is just not ideal. Not ideal. And I don't I've never flown enough with like ones from the States. I've never been to Europe, so my flight experiences with airlines is pretty minimal to WestJet airline, a little bit of porter in there, but they gotta figure this shit out. And then like all of a sudden now, I thought it was the norm that a domestic flight in Canada you can show up an hour early. Maybe I'm just totally wrong by this because when I say that to people, they look at me like I have three heads. But like I had some great experiences living in smaller communities like North Bay, Ontario, where you get those beautiful airports that are just so easy to get into. I had a flight once in North Bay. I was flying home for Christmas and I literally kind of slept through my alarm and I think I showed up to the flight 15 minutes before it took off. And, like, I got in there. The lady at the front desk carousel, she was literally visibly pissed. She's like, get over here. Get your bag over here. Get in the freaking security line. 15, you got to be kidding me. And I was kind of like, I, hey, it ain't right. It ain't right. This isn't what you're supposed to do. I messed up. Or there's times, too, where I, you know, just straight up missed a flight. And they'd just throw you on the next one later on. The next one coming through. Wasn't that big of a deal. I've missed more flights than I'm proud to admit. But this is just like, it used to be kind of very easy to deal with. But now I've noticed traveling all the time, and I don't know if there's things are getting busier or just these airports are just getting more complex with like all these, you know, Calgary Airport's huge now. They opened that new terminal. Like it's a zoo in there. It's a busy spot. And especially if you're flying like on an early weekday, like when everyone's working, trying to get the week going and get flying, you got to get there early. So I get in there. I had a flight a couple weeks ago. I'm going to BC and I get, I'm flying WestJet and I get there like an hour early and like I, I was pushing it. It wasn't ideal, but you know, nowadays, if you don't bring any luggage, you check in the night before, if you get one of those kiosks that actually work, can print out your tags and you can just pitch it in the self drop, get to the security. Like you really don't have that much to do in the lobby before you get to security, hoping that security is not a zoo. But it shouldn't be that bad. So I'm kind of running behind. I'm probably parking my car in the parkade an hour before my flight. So I'm stressed. Got that unnecessary stress put on myself. So I'm running around. I don't know if, if my only experience is with the Calgary airport. But honestly, I don't think there's any convenience. If you're going to bite the bullet and drive yourself there so that you're just easy. It's just easier to get to and from the airport without needing a ride. I think you're, you know, it's. You're going to spend a lot of money for parking, but maybe the Uber is not that cheap either. Like, I don't know if the hassle is even worth it. 
Because by the time you park, whatever level of the parkade you're on, and you run up and down, you find out how to actually get on the plus 15 across the little road there to get into the the front desk there, the lobby area, the airport. Like, you can just get lost in there. And then when you finally get home, you never remember where you parked. Luckily, we have these things now on our phone where it'll show you, like, parked car on the map because I don't know what I'd do. Walk around, press the panic button until you hear it in about seven different parkades. It's, it's not ideal sometimes, I think, to even drive yourself. So I'm already there an hour early to my flight, stressed, stressed, because, you know, I should be in line. I should be trying to get my baggage drop. And then, you know, I always find, like, the boarding times of these planes, they always say they start so early. Like, it's like 45 minutes before your flight even takes off, they start boarding. And so I'm stressed. I get, then, of course, I get down to the WestJet area. It's an absolute zoo. And for some reason, you know, those apps, when you're checking in, though, everything's an app now. You can never check in properly, I find. So I'm trying to pay for my bag the night before. Wouldn't accept it. So then I finally get down there. I'm trying to get my bag. You know what it's like now. It's a zoo. And WestJet has two associates running around like they're chickens with their heads cut off. Trying to assist every single person with the problem. And the hundreds of people trying to fly WestJet right now. It's just a god-honest zoo. So I get there. I get my bag paid for at one of those kiosks. And then I finally get the tag on it. And then I'm going to take it to the self-drop. It prints out my tag. I go to the self-drop. And I drop it. And it tells me that it's, it's too close to the flight. And that my bag won't get on there. And I had a bunch of work stuff in it. Like, I needed this stuff. I'm, oh, I was only going there for a couple nights. Like, I couldn't waste half my trip with none of this work stuff. So I start panicking. Start panicking. I go ask one of the ladies what to do. And she's like, basically just gives me the gears being like, well, sir, it's on you. You got to be here two hours early. And I just never really thought, I'm like, for a domestic flight? Like, she's giving me the gears. And I don't even really care because imagine what she'd have to deal with all day. Just people in the worst mood, stressed. The price of flights right now. The stress people are getting in if on their trips if stuff starts going wrong on the one holiday they're taking a year. Or I don't know what situation they're in. But this lady's dealing with them all day. So she just gears me back. And I'm just like, okay, fair, fair. So I think I lied. I actually got a bag tag on. I told a girl my scenario and she put the tag on for me. So the, the baggage tag thing at the kiosk probably wouldn't have even spat it out. I gave this girl a sob story. She prints my tag out. I go to the baggage drop. It scans my bag. I'm too late for the time that the bag's going to actually make it onto the flight. So I'm like, fuck. So I start telling them my scenario. I tell a couple people and they're basically saying, you're going to have to buy a new flight. And I'm like, I'll buy a new flight. Like I'd miss flights in the, in, 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 like I'd mentioned in the past and you just get put on the next one or something like that. Usually free of charge. I guess those days are over. They're telling me I booked some sort of fare that has no refund or anything like that. And I'm just kind of like, fuck. Like I put this flight through work. I'm like, if I miss a flight and then have to repay for it, I don't think that's going to look too good. Not going to be a good look for the organizational skills of this new employee with this company. So I'm fucking kind of getting panicked. I'm getting panicked. I'm getting panicked. I wait through the whole line. I've just accepted that I'm going to miss this flight. I'm done for. So I go in there. I don't really know what I'm going to do. And then when I finally get up to, you know, near the front, I can just see everyone in front of me. You can just see the look in someone's face when you know that something's going wrong. Especially if they have kids. 
because you know they can barely even look after the kids. They might even just grab the kid by the horse collar and just twist it, tighten him up a bit, and be like, shut up, little Jimmy. I gotta deal with this. We just missed our flight. Or you could see a couple guys, I'm imagining these guys, some of the guys just have like the, they look like rigs, riggers, you know what I mean? You can just tell a guy that works in the oil field. He's probably just, you know, been on a huge shift up north, 14 on, got his seven off. He's trying to get down to Cologne to get in the lake, put his boat in the lake. And you can just see the look on his face. He's just choked. He's probably got a bunch of honeys in his bay liner already at the at the marina, just waiting there at the gate. And he can't even get on his flight. So he's fucking losing it. I can see this guy in front of me. He's like rubbing his face. He's rubbing the tattoos on his face. And he's fucking livid. He's choked. I can just sense people behind me. You can feel the energy. It's not good. And then you just start seeing people just opening up at the front desk. Just start screaming at them. I literally felt like I was in the pen of a zoo. We were all just like, it was fucking crazy. I think like people were fucking hanging off lights. Like people were screaming. I thought there was going to be a riot. So I finally get up to the fucking front of the desk here and I'm talking to the people and I kind of pulled a little fib. I did pull a little fib. I told you my sob story there, how I told the lady to print my bag tag, which it probably wouldn't have already paid, printed. I get up there and I tell them, well, I got a bag tag and it wouldn't accept my luggage at the baggage drop. And now they're trying to get me to pay for another flight. This is larceny, I basically say. And then she's telling me I got to be there early enough. And I kind of like, this is where I fibbed. I kind of felt bad, but I didn't at all. I tell them, yeah, but why would it print me out a tag if it was within the time frame to not accept me in the baggage drop? And then I kind of got them with that one. They're trying to pay for me. They're trying to get me to pay for my next flight, do all this. The next flight was like hours later. I told you I didn't have a small, I had a small work window to be on this traveling trip anyways. So I'm fucking panicking. So I kind of pull, not the waterworks, but I start pulling out the, the, I don't know, the yapping. You just got to talk your way into these situations sometimes. So I tell them, why would it print me out a bag tag just to tease me and reject my baggage? So she's starting to see where I'm coming from. Why would it print that out? It lied to him, basically. Or maybe, maybe that girl shouldn't have printed my tag out. I was already in one. She's trying to do me a good thing. She probably didn't really understand what's happening. Throws a bag tag on there. It allowed me to not have to repay for that flight. That was massive. Though still, I missed hours of this day that I was supposed to be humming around working. And it was it was not ideal. It was not ideal. But thankfully, it was like only, I think, I say hours. I think it was like, my flight was like two hours after. And I always try to fly out really early in the morning so you can get the most of your day. But holy. So two hours. Two hours is what you're doing now. The last flight I took was flying to Ontario. I was at the airport. My flight was 6 a.m. I was at the airport, 3.45. 3.45 I was there. At that hour, I got in so quick. I'm just sitting. Like, when you get prepared, you have so much time. And then when you're not prepared, you have zero time. I, like, where's that middle ground? Where you can just, like, I don't know, not have to be in a rush, not stressed. I don't think it exists. It's you get there late and you battle. You just get the blood going. You use that to just start to get the circulation going, get yourself fired up for the week. You're already at war Monday, 6 a.m. at the airport. Or do you just get in there early? Maybe you bring one of your favorite books. Something like that. That'd be nice. But anyways, it's just like take traveling seriously right now. I don't know if the pandemic kind of fucked everything. Certain airports in Canada are just terrifying. These big ones, you got to worry about the big ones. Stick to the smaller airports if you can 
That's my only advice here. It's my only advice. God, nice day out though. Sorry, I just need to have a quick shot of that aqua. Love aqua. I'm kind of getting geared up here, a little fired up lately. Um, I as I've, I moved to Calgary in November, and the show has not had a lot of uh, action during that time. It's been a crazy year. You know, just over a year ago, I was still playing hockey. Um, went through the transition of quitting hockey, kind of figuring out what to do, making a big move across the country getting a job, trying to figure that out. It's been a crazy year. It's been a very crazy year, and I feel bad that I haven't been uh, making these episodes, and I really want to. I get some people that ask me about it. Um, I don't. I like to have a good time and joke around here, but I know that most of the people that listen to the show are people that I really know, so I appreciate the fuck out of you all listening. I think it's hilarious, and I'd like to just um, make some more of these. I don't know about... Uh, I'm speaking for myself. I just... There's several people I listen to when it comes to podcasts. I don't really branch out too much, but I find right now, like, it's just hard to uh, find something always that I'm into listening to. I'm not saying I'm going to listen to myself repeat this, but I just want to put something a little different out there, and people might laugh when I say that, but uh, no, I enjoy doing this, and I mean, I'd love to have a little producer. I've always said this, little guy that would, you know, not a little guy, maybe it'd be a big dude, you know, a girl, someone, doesn't matter. Maybe it'd be cool to have a little producer, you know, and maybe we could throw stuff up on the screen, maybe get into video, but that's that's neither here nor there. But no, I live in this <clears throat> live in this condo. And um moving to Calgary was fucking it was hard because you know it's so easy to like put spots up for rent now. Like I laugh thinking about like what would you have done back in the day? Say you lived in Ontario and you wanted to move to Calgary. Like, what do you do? Like, do you just, like, call up the newspaper and be like, hey, like, can I get a Herald? I want to see the classified, see if there's a rental. Like, what do you do? Move to Calgary and then just, like, have a fucking hotel for a couple weeks until you can find a place to rent? Walk around, see, like, a classified in a fucking newspaper or see, like, a sign on a porch for rent? Because I don't know if it's gotten much easier. We got, Well, it definitely has, talking about it like that, but... You know, you go on all these online things, Facebook Marketplace, rentfaster.com. It's such a fucking joke. Like you're messaging these people across the country and they're just like, yeah, do you want to come see it tomorrow? And I'm like, no, I'm trying to tell you, like I live in Ontario. Like luckily my parents lived out here. So I was like sending my dad to some, you know, showings and stuff like that. But that's never really works as the way you would think. But so I end up like loosely uh, knowing this fella that I'm renting off now. I used to work with his... Uh, wife, fiance, girlfriend. Um, and so I loosely knew who this fellow was and I ended up just like renting off him. He seemed like a straight shooter and he really is great landlord that just leaves us alone. But I ended up moving really far out in the kind of suburbs area called Aspen in Calgary. And I grew up like sick location in Calgary. I was very spoiled to grow up in the neighborhood that I did. St. Andrews Heights is like unbelievable location right by the UFC McMahon Stadium, not far from the river, not far from downtown. Like the city sprawled out so much lately that <clears throat> even like when I was growing up like 10, 15 years ago, I was definitely considered extremely inner city location. So, you know, my parents still live in the house I grew up in. My sister, brother-in-law and new nephew. I'm now an uncle. The project is an uncle here. The podfather, the podfather. Someone's already said that. So pretend I didn't say that. But 
Yeah, I'm an uncle now. No, so they live really close by as well. They're all still in that area. And I really wanted to end up in that area, but just like any city, the closer you get to the inner city, just the prices just go through the roof. So we got a nice two-bedroom, two-bathroom here, a lot of space. And, you know, we'd be paying up the ass to try and get something like this just even that much closer to where my parents live and to the inner city, to the downtown area. So we, you know, we, we just moved here and we were happy too. And it is a great spot. It's a great spot. But you know, all these condos now, it's such a, it's so annoying. Like, and I understand why landlords do all this stuff with the background checks. Like they want to see what your dog is. They probably want a picture of its shit. They want you to, to taste the dog's shit. Like you got to know everything about what's going on. And we kind of like agreed with my landlord, like there's a limit. We kept running into issues. We were actually going to rent from my landlord's uh, girl there, fiance, wife, girlfriend, I'm not sure the scenario. We were going to rent from her originally, a different location that she owned, uh, the different area of the south, south of Calgary. And they just literally only allowed really tiny dogs and they were really strict on it apparently. So then we, you know, we're looking at this place and this place also has like a, regulation i guess you'd call it where dogs i think have to be like 40 pounds and under so we're having a hell of a time and i basically just asked the landlord like look what are you like are we gonna get in crap if we bring my dog in here i got a bernadoodle yogi his name is and he's a big unit he's like 85 pounds <clears throat> so not huge but he's certainly not a small dog and certainly like evidently over the weight limit of what a dog is allowed to be here at this location so he basically told me that, you know, in the past he had had a big dog at his at this place for a while and no one really seemed to bother him. And he said he's got no problem with me. You know, he likes dogs himself. He's got no problem with me having one here. But basically, you know, you're on your own if shit starts hitting the fan or if people start complaining or, you know, maybe they want to try and, you know, I don't even know what they do at that point. Do they find you? Do they try to evict the dog? Like, how's that going to work? So basically he said he's on my own. And I was like, okay, whatever, we'll deal with it. We moved in like in November. It was already like the dead of the winter. So we weren't too, uh, you know, I mean, not many people are out, especially in like, it was really cold winter. I don't know, like, and it's weird. Like I live in like a apartment complex. I wonder how many units are in each building. Probably like, fuck. It's got to be at least 50 units in each in each building. And I think there's one, two, there's three buildings. So there's at least like, 300 units here i'd say 100 200 to 300 units <clears throat> a lot of people like that's almost the size of my parents neighborhood if we're talking about like properties and people living in there a lot of people do have families but it was really quiet you'd never see anyone and like yeah there's cars in and out of here but like for the amount of people that live here i always thought it was crazy that it wasn't more like busy out and like the you know that we have like a little loop kind of like a cul-de-sac that comes in here below ground parking so I think that makes a big difference. So it hides all the cars. You don't really realize how many people actually are here at a time. And, but it was just quiet throughout the winter. And now, now it's summer. People are out. I, I walk the dog religiously. Like I, you know, when I'm in town, I'm out there a lot morning. I usually like to get out in the morning and do a little loop around the pond out back and a little 20 minute loop, but I'm out often. So now I feel like I've just slowly started noticing like everyone knows who me and my girlfriend are just because of the dog. You know, I have this big black Bernadoodle. He sticks out very, like, like a sore thumb. He's always prancing around. He's, and you know, like, it's just very, you start recognizing the people that have dogs because they're the ones that are always out. So then I feel like, you know, sometime in the summer after the snow had melted, 
there was all like the grass, you know, right when you walk out, especially during the winter, people with dogs, it's so fucking cold. Someone's throwing their flip-flops on and a winter coat over their basketball shorts to walk out there to get the dog to have a piss. Like you're not walking off the common ground down the road 10 minutes so your dog can take a piss. Like you're going to the first patch of grass-covered snow, snow-covered grass, sorry, and letting the letting the little one f- rip one out. So over the winter, you know, imagine how many people are pissing like that and then it starts getting not nice. People are keep pissing in the same spot. So the grass in these certain areas are obviously just, it's just torched, just been melted away. You know, and that's understandable that they're, they're kind of choked about that. So then they start putting up signs in the like lobbies of our building saying, dogs aren't allowed to piss on the common property. Got to get out of like take them off the property to piss. Like, you know, look at all the damaged grass. Like uh, this is being a an expense fronted by the entire, you know, condo, what do you call it? That all of the tenants are paying for this, not just dog owners is what they're trying to say. So yeah, yeah, I understand that. It's all good. No problem. We won't piss on the grass. You know, we won't piss on the grass. So then I mean, there's a lot of areas that are landscaped and it has like, the, you know, the nice rock and the gardens, you know, it's like um, chip rock or something like that. You know, it looks good. You don't need grass everywhere. You don't need to maintain these gardens, have weeds flying up to them. You don't need to have like, you know, the nice soil everywhere. So the rock's a nice look. Looks really clean. But it's rock, right? So after I start seeing these signs, I know I start letting the dog piss in the uh, grass. I mean the grass, sorry, the rocks. And I start kind of telling my girlfriend to do the same. So we both start doing the same thing. And then, you know, you can just tell when people just have something to say. And this the thing I don't love about this building either is it's just... One of those places where, you know, you like I mentioned, like there's a lot of units in each building. You have you, when you're walking in and out of the doors, like yeah, it's quiet, like I said, but you're still a lot of the times you're passing people, you're walking by people, you know. And I'm not saying that we have to all get to know each other and be best friends, but like if you're holding the door for someone and you're walking past someone, like maybe just say hello, hey, how are you? And there's none of that at this building actually fucking pisses me off like it makes me laugh like when you walk by like there's some guys like you know similar to my age and you walk by and it's like hey what's going on and it's like they're just like shot it's like you did something wrong by saying hello and you might get like a back it's just very odd like I know I know people hate small talk and stuff but that's not small talk that's just like I don't know I just get none of weird energy you get when you just walk by someone and it's just like you look at each other's feet like just acknowledge that there's another human being in front of you or something like that. It's just kind of the way I look at it. But you can just tell when people are just kind of pissed off. So the other day, I was getting ready to go take off for work. And then I'm outside. I see these two older gentlemen. You know, they're sitting there. And one of them's got a dog. And a little tiny dog, though. Like a lap dog. Like this thing like is not this no bigger than a gerbil, basically. He's sitting there. You know, I'm going back and forth, bringing a couple of things to my car for work. And you know, when you, like, it's just like, not even, I'm not looking to join their conversation. And maybe I'm the weirdo for thinking like this, but at no point do either of these gentlemen, like, look over for like a, hey, how are you? Like, just say, hey, nice day. Like, how's it going, gentlemen? Like, just a quick, something like that. Just, you know, and then like, they're standing like, basically, like, so abruptly in front of the door that like, you have to like, walk around them. Like, they're impeding the route that I need to take in a routine fashion. So like, not only are they not addressing you, but like, they're just like inconveniencing people and then not even like giving them the time to be like, Oh, sorry. Like, Hey, how are you? So I just thought that was weird. Cause I had to make like multiple trips. And then sure enough, I'm in there just getting ready for work. My girlfriend takes the dog out to go to the washroom. And then one of these old guys just chews her up and down for letting the dog piss on the rocks. 
the rocks that aren't even alive. Like, it's just, like, such a weird thing. And then, like, I don't know, like, I thought it was weird. Like, I've taken my dog out many times. No one's saying shit to me. But then my girlfriend comes out, and this guy's, like, just being rude to her, chewing her up. It's just, like, fucking very odd. And I know I sound hilarious. Like, I'm complaining about people getting mad at my dog pissing. But it's a very odd dynamic. And I don't know. Like, I just find, like, every, Canadians, everyone makes the cliche that Canadians are always so nice and... Oh, yeah, everyone's got the time of day. And I'm like, yeah, in certain places. But then there's certain places like a city condo building where everyone's just a dickhead. And there's nice people, too. They're few and far between. But it's just like a different, very odd building. Like, I've lived in so many places for my age now at 29. Like, yeah, like I've moved around a lot through hockey and school and living in different places. And this is just like, a, I've just seen so many weird dynamics, but this is a weird, like we have a weird demographic here. Like I'd bet you I'm one of the youngest te tenants and I'm like, I'm, me and my girlfriend, 29, 28, like we're not young in the stance of like people that live on their own. But in this building, like everyone's, you know, a little older. There are some younger people that, you know, do seem to party and stuff. They're, they stick out like sore thumbs, like at night. But you, you have your window open and it, your music's just blaring into like the courtyard it's so easy to tell like who's just the only people that are noisy, the only ones you hear. It's fucking weird. And I don't know, like people, and then, but I understand like not everyone's a dog person. And I've noticed this big time, like picture being like someone from a different country and you move to Canada and like in a different country where dogs don't have names because they're dogs. Like a lot of places in the world, that's what's viewed. Like dogs are just things that run around the road, like fucking mice. And you know, people come to, Canada and then everyone and their brother has a dog on a leash running around sitting down at the patio bringing it into the grocery store to the home into the Home Depot to buy a couple nails like they must be like what the fuck is going on why are these people acting like zookeepers just out of choice why are they raising these animals to just live in the home and I I totally understand where they're coming from they're probably like what the fuck is going on so I try to remember that, but you know, I always say you can't trust someone that doesn't like dogs. You know, I'm a dog guy, I had a dog growing up. You know, I don't have anything wrong with cats and stuff like that, but I just that was like the animals we had growing up was dogs. We didn't have fucking snakes and weird shit, lizards, craziness like that. We had dogs. But I definitely understand that there's people that aren't into dogs. So you gotta keep that in mind. But there's a, definitely a lot of people that don't like dogs at this building. It's just funny. But that's fine. That's fine. Like the other day, I'm down at the river. The Bow River is a magical place to me in Calgary. I like going to Edworthy Park. And I literally just like going, take your shirt off, wear a nice pair of shoes though. You got to wear shoes. And then you jump in the water and float down. Walk up a couple hundred yards, jump in, float down. Walk in a couple yards, float down. It's like the best. And the water feels so good. It's so cold. Just really makes you feel refreshed. Just feels you just feel good. Your skin feels tight after. It's just that fresh, clean water. Everyone's rafting on it. But this Edworthy Park's one of my favorite places. I always go to take my dog down there. And I don't know if it's an off-leash area or not. I don't know. My mom always said it was. We always took dogs off-leash there, and people always have as long as I've been going there my whole life. And anyways, this was like last weekend. Beautiful day. It was a Saturday. And my dog's really good. My dog's only two years old. He's really good off leash. 
but you know he can still be doggish. He can still fuck around a little bit, and you know we're still polishing out some some kinks here and there. But so I get up the water. I'm not letting the dog loose like right where it's a fiesta. You know, everyone's laying out with their blankets. You know, they got food and stuff because I'm like they don't need the dog running around. My dog's very friendly to a fault where he thinks like everyone gives a fuck about him. Every dog he has to go say hi to, and he's still he's getting better. But he thinks like every human being is like his gift that they want to come and play with him. So you gotta watch where you let him off sometimes, and especially in what mood he's in. You can tell if he's like in a chatty mood. You can tell. Anyway, so I get up the water a bit here. I think it's safe to go. I let him off. And then there's this girl, like, down the ways a bit. And, like, I, I think I saw that she had, like, chicken fingers and fries or something like that. So I'm kind of worried that, you know, oh, Yogi's probably sniffing this downwind. He's kind of probably just running right towards her. So anyways, I'm kind of, like, getting concerned. I'm walking up. Before I can even act upon my concern, this lady turns around and goes... I just had someone's dog run up all over in my space, jump on my food, and now your dog's running towards me. This is not an off-leash area. This is a this is a public quiet park, and I come here for relaxation. And I'm down here managing other people's dogs. And in her spiel, I got close enough to get close to my dog and grab him. And like usually. I would welcome a scenario in this so that I could start a conversation and just kind of start chapping one another. But when people like that, you can just tell I'm like the, the cliche term Karen. I was like, you just don't, you can't engage. So I literally just was like, sorry, put my dog on a leash and walked away. But then, you know, the second you walk away, you start thinking about all these things you should have said. Like there was millions of dogs out there. It probably just kept happening to her over and over again. So I understand why she's pissed, but I'm like, where are you sitting? She's like, I would come here for a quiet spot. You come to Edworthy Park in Calgary, Alberta on a hot July day on a Saturday afternoon for a quiet spot? Make it make sense. So, like, I, I have disdain for people that don't like dogs, but then you as a dog owner have to have responsibility. A lot of people bitch about uh, the dogs in the patios, the restaurants. I agree. I think it's ridiculous. Do I bring my dog to patios? Often. I do. But my dog's pretty good. He doesn't bark. You know, he will get a little excited if there's a dog over there. He might have to say hello. You know, if you're giving him some attention, he might get a little riled up, half try to jump up on you. But he's a good restaurant dog. Like, you know, he, once a minute or two, five minutes in, he gets situated, he'll just lay down. Eat cigarette butts off the floor below you and lick spilt beer. So he's pretty good. He's pretty good. So I understand when people get rattled at people who don't like dogs, but people that are dog owners... You have to hold yourself to an account where you got to realize that not everyone loves dogs. Therefore, not everyone loves you, the dog owner. And that's fine. But we have to find a way to coexist. Okay? It's really not that hard. God. Folks, it's already... It's going to be July, uh, August here, next week. And then football will be back. Hockey will be back before we know it. And then fall's coming. But do not get ahead of yourself. I need you to enjoy these next couple weeks. Because it's kind of like, I don't know, June, July, August. There used to be a Molson Canadian commercial that was so good back when marketing actually had meaning. And it was the three periods of summer. June, July, and August. In terms of a hockey game, like a third period is one of the most important periods. And you, we're already, we haven't even entered that yet. It's just about to begin. I hope your second period was legit. July is usually one of the craziest months of the year. But August is coming up hot here. 
August is sometimes, I don't know, maybe you get a little better weather. It's just a beautiful time. Kids are getting excited to go back to school. Some of them, the nerds. But it's a, it's a fun time of year. I want us to all enjoy it. But going forth, the listener, I think we'd like to have some serious discussion about the direction of this show. And I want it to be a weekly show. I think it's going to become a little bit more topical. we got to stay up to date with these current events because I think I reiterated it in a previous episode. It would alarm you the amount of people that rely on this show as a news source. And when it comes out every several months, it's hard to stay up to date in a world that's ever changing. So I'm going to do my best as a broadcaster to close that gap, you know, between knowledge and ignorance. Because we need to be up to date. We need to be informed. And I mean informed on things that matter. Okay? I don't know how it works with these, you know, Bill C-18 and all this shit that I'm not even going to go on and pretend I know what is actually happening. But if you're an American and you're listening to this show, just give me a shout. Message me on uh, Instagram or the Facebook page or something. Let me know that you're still hearing it. Because I don't know if that affects me as a Canadian broadcast journalist independently. But there's these no bills there. There's I've heard tales of like stuff not showing up on Instagram that if you're you know you can't see certain things, and I know that like Facebook was like giving up on certain uh, Canadian media things because you had to pay. I don't know what's going on, and I don't pretend to, but I'm gonna do a little bit of research. It's something that we're gonna look into here. Traveling to beautiful Vancouver, British Columbia this week. Let you know how that city goes. Great city. Been traveling a lot. Going to look to uh, add some t- uh, stories from my travels because I- I'm getting to see a lot of great things in this country. But uh, folks, it just feels so good to be back. I'm going to shut her down there. I'm not going to stretch this one too long. I kind of like the idea of a 45 to an hour long podcast because I don't know how people do it with these three and a half hour shows. Like, you know, I love spitting chiclets. I love like Joe Rogan. I love all these guys and all those big shows, those cliche top ones. But they're so long. Like, if I can't listen to something straight and be engaged with it, like, I don't love pausing podcasts and then, like, starting them up the next day. Or, like, you know, someone called you and you by accident, like, it was playing in the background. Like, I'm weird, like, and I think that's why I don't watch TV shows very well on Netflix. Like, if I miss a word, like, I'll rewind 10 seconds and be like, oh, that's what he said. That's kind of where I'm at with podcasts, too, so... I think that's part of the reason why I'm back. I, you know, I, you got to have a show that's 40, you know, 45 to an hour long. Just, you know, something quick. You could be good for the commute to work. It could be good, you know, if your old lady's pissed at you and you're out in the, out in the fucking step, smoking a DeMaurier signature king size, probably on your third or fourth, and you're contemplating, like, maybe, like, when this show, the duration of these episodes are over, you can just get back in the house there. And you could take your blows. Don't, like, just take it. One thing I always say, and I... If you're in the battle, like maybe just shut up. The communication sometimes when people are in, you know, when people are upset and they're, you know, take a walk around the block and don't say anything stupid to dig your hole deeper. You know what I'm saying? That's kind of like this show, all right? I'm not going to dig my hole and, and, and say anything stupider, okay? Folks, this is, I think it's episode number 70. And I'd really love, I think often about, this show came out just over three years ago and I've only had 70 episodes. It's not ideal. Imagine how many episodes we'd have if I never missed a week. Imagine where the show could have been. So that's what this show is building towards. We're going to close that gap. 
I also have some shirts out there that I still have to deliver to people from like three summers ago. I'm going to do that. I think I have a GoFundMe page where we donated a bunch of money to um, an Aboriginal organization doing great work up north. I got to close that off. How do you use a GoFundMe? Somebody message me. I might even make hats or something like that. Trying to get some sponsorship. Folks, let's take this show seriously, okay? Love you very much. Episode 70 of The Project. It's your boy, Hopsy Baby. Bye for now.